You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, fam, fam! It's Tessa and Carolina. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen, oh. we just we just like to hey. hey. Oh, oh. <laughs> we, get it, we get it. I love it. I'm here for it. Thank I you, mean, Tessa, hey, you never for... know who's a new listener that doesn't know who we are. No, so, we gotta you know. do it. I'm here for it. Yeah, of course. And just say my name, girl. Say my name. Say, say my, my name. name. <laughs> And and on that note, <laughs> anyway, back to business. Um, so we've got another amazing guest for you, as always. I think always. I say that same phrase as always every time, but you know it's true. Like we really do have some really cool guests, and we've had a lot of guests that have brought us other guests. Like today, she was introduced to us from Mikhail Chowdhury, who was on. Uh, is that still this season? No, that was the previous season. That was the previous yeah. season. So he was on yeah. last season. His episode was amazing. Look for that. And he has given us several guests since then. So thank you, Mikael. You've been awesome. Uh-huh. Just the best. Yes. And today's guest is Kelly Lou Dennis. She's an actor, also like an action actor, which is really cool, um, like for action movies, um, a writer, a producer, and a director. And All the she- things. Yes, all the things for sure. Um, we are talking a lot today about her new short film, Good Girls Get Fed, which is in post-production right now, and she's hoping to make it into a feature in the future. And we chat with her a lot, especially about um, being an actor and director in the same project, because it's difficult, you know? And that's something that Carolina's going to do for our upcoming Project Sync. Heck so, yeah, guys. Yeah, we, lo- we get a lot into that. Um and just it's her like, whole process and yeah. how she has developed her writing to adapt to the different format of projects, which that what I just said will make way more sense in this episode when you hear her break it down, I promise. Um, but we just get into that a lot, too, the creation of the project from start to finish. Yeah, no, I think that's actually perfectly said. Um, new listeners or listeners who are learning, you in a short format to a feature, to an episodic, they're all their own animals with different like ways the story, the, the arcs flow and, and what you're hitting. So she, she breaks it down for us a bit. And it was, it was really awesome to hear how she's um, allowed each project to kind of transition and, and turn into something that maybe she did expect it to turn into or didn't we we're always on that journey ourselves so and I'm sure this is relatable to you fam who've like been like is this gonna be a short no this is meant for a feature and I have to write it that way um you know you kind of also have to let your story I think at the end of the day speak to you and Mm -hmm. I think she really listens to her her gut on this one so without further ado Kelly Lou Dennis 
Well, Kelly, um, good morning and thank you for coming on today. Um, we are excited to talk to you because you've done a lot of different things in the film world. I see you kind of started doing action roles and you've been an actress for a while and now you're doing literally everything else. <laughs> Writing, producing, directing, all of it. So let's just dive right in there and like talk about, you know, when you first got started and, and what brought you even into the business and how that has all kind of evolved for you. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I started like a lot of people doing all the silly plays and musicals growing up mm -hmm. um but I always was comfortable being like in the ensemble oh my gosh if we were singing you <laughs> best believe I was lip singing you were not going to hear my voice um, <laughs> but when I got to uh college was when I took um my first like serious acting class mm -hmm. and I knew I loved it but once I discovered film acting that's when I realized oh to me then that's what the difference is because I'm um, you know, I go out for some deadpan roles. I have like a straight face a lot of the times. I'm one to like process information and react after. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think discovering that film acting was a possibility and just the most subtle nuanced reactions could tell a full story and it didn't have to feel bigger or projected yeah. um, was okay. really when I really found my niche, I think. That's interesting, uh, so. yeah. Because like you said, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people start out, you know, doing theater and, and a lot of musical theater and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And I feel like for a lot of us, you know, we get used to that kind of acting. And mm -hmm. a lot of us, I, I don't know if it's because of that or if we're just naturally inclined to then be very expressive people and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I know for me, one of the hardest things has been to like, keep my eyebrows from moving when I'm on film because I, as you can see, speak with my eyebrows in real life. You, know, you have some great like eyebrows. Your eyebrow game. Thank you. I they are great eyebrows. They're pretty, pretty on point. But yeah, so it's it's interesting for to hear you say that you felt a lot more comfortable with film because it was more nuanced. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I'd always been writing um, since I was younger. I, you guys, I hand wrote my first novel in fifth grade in cursive in a notebook. Wow. Um, <laughs> Unheard of these days. Cursive? What? Did we like yeah. learn that anymore? Oh, no. It's a thing of the past. It's a relic, I think. Um, but <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, fifth grade, writing a book. Yeah. Cool. Yep. I and I, I kept writing stories, but and I knew I loved writing. But it wasn't until college, again, that I discovered that screenwriting was a type of writing that really just made sense to me. No fluff. Just tell me exactly what's happening, what you see. Let's get right into what's going on. Yeah. I just don't have time for the fog and the trees with the birds and the, you know, mm -hmm. that for me was never something that I was focused on or as excited by. Yeah. And I'm also very visual. So if I'm writing a story, if I can't see, um, especially the space that the characters are in, I have a hard time writing it. No, so same. once I discovered, oh, same for you. Mm -hmm. It's so helpful to be able to mm -hmm. see, um, you know, the world that you're writing about, yeah. I think. And so finding screenwriting, again, kind of akin to my acting discovery, was just like the totally, the right fit. Oh, I knew I love storytelling my whole life, but oh, this is my, this is my language. This makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah. those discoveries happened around the same time, actually. Nice. And then mm -hmm. to to realize that, you know, that, that that's the kind of 
medium that you want to be in and, and create in, did that inspire you then to want to do more with it, i.e. like directing and producing, or did that just kind of come on as a necessity after that? Oh, I definitely <laughs> did not have dreams of doing it all. Um, my The school I was at, they he was teaching, my screenwriting teacher was teaching in feature format. And so I started writing features and got super ambitious. Yes, I did, um, because I have a hard time writing shorts and containing stories into shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an opportunity to try to put one of my features up on its feet. And um, just kind of by necessity, I ended up directing and I did have um, a couple of producers but that was my first experience directing and acting and it was you know there were there were some kinks to be worked out I'll tell you what um, but that was my first time like just feeling it out and I, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in myself mm-hmm. and in my vision so it was a lot of like oh first AD what do you think of this decision oh DP what do you think is this is this good um, so it was very much everyone's vision which I'm super collaborative, but there needs to be at least some sort of vision in the first place, right. um, which was a, a great learning experience. And I tried out over the different projects. I tried out having my, I don't want like I've done it with a co-director before when I was acting mm-hmm. and I've done it before where my first AB was sort of the co-director. Um, yeah. So I've had opportunities to see the pros and cons of that funky situation when you're directing and you're directing other actors but you're also acting with the actors and someone has to be you know taking a look at everything without going back and watching every single take right takes so long you know Yeah. yeah let's talk about that because that's something we're um we're doing or have done and like yeah it, it is like challenging. What are, what are some takeaways, I guess, between like a co-director or like an associate director situation? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, I just feel like there's so many different approaches and I've heard of so many success right. stories with different, whether it be officially a co-director or if it's someone that's just standing in mm-hmm. and has like an elevated DP role or something like that. Um, I think when I did the, I co-directed a short that I wrote and um, acted in and my co-director was our DP. So he was very much communicating with um, the team, which was mostly his team that he brought on the technical side of things. And I was working with the actors and um, the makeup artists and some more of the creative visual aspects aside from the technical. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how we had very clear lines of like, Hey, this is my, area that I work on this is your area you work on of course we collaborated and shared thoughts on other things um but that worked out pretty well yeah that makes Um, sense yeah I think it was a a solid a solid first stab at uh (laughs) finding dual directors I'll say right I think it's like with anything communication is is key and like being able to like establish where your areas of weakness maybe are and be like, oh yeah, this is where I really need support because I'll be acting or whatever. Or like, I just can't communicate this with crew, for example, as, as articulately as you can. So maybe that's where I think, I think that's what maybe a lot of times people are scared to show like, Oh, if I, if I say like, maybe this isn't my area of strength and then they're just going to take over the project or, you know, yeah. whatever. But I, I have the feeling that it's like, no, the, the most important thing is to say where you might be struggling or need that support. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think we, 
constantly do here, at least I have, I don't know about the two of you, fake it till you make it, fake mm -hmm. it till you make it. And there is some truth to that, I think, but at the same at the same time, I think being able to lead and saying like, hey, I don't know how to communicate this. I don't have the language and you totally do. I have this vision, let's chat. And you know, you are more skilled in this area. Yeah. So why don't you take the baton on this uh, piece of the project and you can still um, delegate and build a team together like that <laughs> rather than just pretending you know something that you don't because yeah. there's so much. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes you a better leader in general. Um, is and then what I've heard is like you know hiring the right people getting mm -hmm. the right team that's like and and fake it till you make it I feel like is more than so like the start of of like a conversation to yourself more than like <laughs> actually other people yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know it's like something you say with your to yourself or maybe your friend you know we're gonna fake it till we make it sometimes but yes. because you learn more so I think I don't and, maybe in your case too with that like literally no one knows anything really <laughs> like we're all just and not knows anything more so just that we're always all like every film every even job is a unique situation that right, yes. you have skills that you've had to work on and build over time mm -hmm. but still in that situation everyone's just trying to figure it out mm -hmm. absolutely and yeah. every project that I've um, worked on, never once have I been the most experienced person on set. Right. Honestly, I don't know if I'll ever be able to say that in my life. That would be, you know, quite a statement. I'm the <laughs> most experienced person here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if it's something that I'm uh, a leader or a co-leader on, mm -hmm. what I'll tell people is, hey, look, you've worked with more experienced people than me. That's a fact. But what I can offer you is transparency and honesty and communication. And, you know, from there, I think that helps people work together really fluidly yeah. and share their experiences together to make one really experienced person collectively. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's important too as in filmmaking and probably in every collaborative art form really, but is to not have an ego about it too, you know, because yes. if you're going into this as, you know, maybe you're the, I don't know, maybe you're a camera operator, but you're not like the DP in charge or something, right? And you happen to have the most years of experience of anybody on this like tiny independent set or whatever. And mm -hmm. you're like, you're not the one making the decisions. So if you see something that you're like, oh, this is going to be a problem. Yes, absolutely. Speak up. Everybody just wants to make the best project, project, the product <laughs> in the <laughs> end, you know, but also people are learning and it's not your project. You're not the one that's in charge of it. So just be collaborative, be willing to work with other people and give them what they want at the end of the day, you know, and just don't have an ego about it because yeah. that's going to make things uncomfortable. That's going to make people question their decisions. And then that's going to make everything take longer and not be as successful <laughs> in the end, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that's something that I found too, that was very helpful, especially on this last project where I'm starting to really put together what experiences I have gathered um, and, you know, kind of start intentionally honing in a certain way of working with um, a team mm -hmm. is look, I have a strong idea and I have strong opinions and I've brought you all on because I believe in you and I think you're very skilled in what you do. So if there's somewhere that we disagree, change my mind, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. make me understand why that way is better and let's do it. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, that way everyone gets that. a voice and everyone can collaborate and, you know, 
no one's going to everyone's going to be in charge of their own area and be the expert in their area if you will mm-hmm. exactly um, you know and that that it like empowers your team and also yes. and then empowers your project because i think sometimes we need our ideas to be challenged a little like a little mm-hmm. like you know like <laughs> a little sprinkle um no i'm kidding but like but like actually yeah like we if you if you're the expert you see something that i'm missing as the director like yeah of course like i'm going to want to hear it i want to know because that is the beauty of collaboration and where yep. why you know i think certain projects end up doing the best is cuz they mm-hmm. trust their their crew and so i love that you said that i think it's it's a very empowering thing to say you know it challenged me if you know make me understand not yeah. even yeah. like in a, and that doesn't mean in a nasty way so no i love that and so leading into your next uh project let's uh talk about it i i um good sorry. girls get fed yeah thank you tessa <laughs> yeah yes let's talk about good girls get fed what is it what's the 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 premise and what are what are you heading on that as your role and why are you so like excited about it we want to we want to know all the tea yes spill the tea um good girls get fed is a short thriller um about three women who are trapped in this space and they're forced to perform these degrading challenges twice a day and if they win a challenge then they get food Mm -hmm. and if they don't well, I guess you just have to wait for the next challenge. And um, each of the challenges is designed or built to reflect the way that our society um, objectifies women Mm. and um, classifies us, if you will, and puts us in boxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, they're degrading challenges, but they're also degrading in a way that I think many women uh, resonate with of, "Mm, I know what that is. Yeah, Um, right. Yeah, so we're in post-production right now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. I wrote it initially with a couple other ladies and, uh, we finally got it on its feet. So nice. it's been great seeing it come together in the edits though. Of course, it's still a beast post-production. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just another, that's the real start of the journey. Sometimes I feel yes, <laughs> You're like we it got is. it done and now it's like, really <laughs> putting it, <laughs> putting it together. Yeah. yeah. I know it's but, like I, people that, um, don't people that haven't made their own film, I should word it that way, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. don't really always kind of realize the importance of pre and post-production, I think, or like the gravity that it has, because, you know, we think production, like actually filming it is the most important part. And yes, obviously the film wouldn't exist if we didn't have production, but like, it's just so important to like, put the time and the work and the effort into pre-production and then mm-hmm. post, like you said, its own beast. Like it can make or break the film sometimes, you yes. know? So yes. yeah, it's just like, they're just such, such important elements and huge elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard to, um, I guess, give permission in the beginning to take, we did have a pretty hefty pre-production partially because we were assembling the team mm-hmm. uh, piecemeal and we really picked up steam in um, October and then launched into a crowdfunding campaign. But we'd really started piecing it together back in June and brought on some of the key members of the team then and really um, realizing that it could be an actual (laughs) uh, thing that happens. But you know, that's like not quite a year of Mm pre-production, but I would say like four solid months of pre-production. And we, 
it was hard because at the same time we've been working on this project for so long and people had been attached for so long and it's like okay we want to shoot it already but you know at the same time I'm I don't know if it's the half Chinese in me or what but I just want to have everything organized and prepared and have a plan for <laughs> yeah. everything um, Tessa and I, I were know literally that... we're just having this conversation in regards to our project. It just like it takes time because we we have we have a team loosely attached, you know, that we've been talking with, staying in touch with, and yeah. but we we know the importance just because we're in crowdfunding mode. That even once we get this the money, like okay, that's when real pre production for the the creative starts because we have yes. money to to do it. Yep, <laughs> and yep. and to. Technically, we could just jump into filming, but why would we do that if we right. need the time to really set up the creative work yeah. then next? Yep, because at the end of the day, explosions are going to happen. Things are going to set on fire. It's going to happen. Yeah. So the more the more plans you have in place, you know, the more the quicker you can put those fires out when they do pop up and surprise you. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I love that you even I think for a short film, four months is still like a great amount of time um, for yeah. the real like pre-production to start. I, I did that. I, that's been my experience. I'm working on other shorts like mm -hmm. four months yeah. is, is like the like it's still like a good enough time to make sure your team and they get rehearsals in and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's you always wish you had more time. So I tried to remind myself of that as well. I'm always going to want more time. So just, you know, yeah, we do have a little time right now, but let me just knock out as much as I can because I know something else is going to come up. So Right. And something mm -hmm. else too is like, you know, when, again, when people that aren't in the production world look at this and say like, well, how, why does it take you so long to do this? And it's like yeah. most of us have other jobs and lives. And, you know, I mean, Carolina and I, like we're both actors first Carolina yep. also produces for other people and like we awesome. run this podcast. We have full-time jobs that are separate, <laughs> you know, and it's like you got to have a life at some point too or you're just going to be yep. miserable and exhausted. So exactly. it takes a long time because it's a lot of work on its own, but you have to balance yep. that with the rest of your life too. So absolutely. Yeah. And especially when we're working on these smaller low budget projects and people are already pulling favors for you. And I think that's how I ended up with a producing credit that was mm -hmm. never the plan um but it got to a certain point where I think you know I the plan I guess was for me to have an EP credit and one of my producers Mikhail had a moment where he was like you know mate you do realize that you're producing right? <laughs> yeah like you are actually <laughs> producing it's not exactly. just like the credit quote-unquote like you are producing <laughs> you are producing yeah. it yeah yeah um because I think if you write your own project again for these smaller low budget things these passion projects right I feel like if you're a writer you're going to end up producing to some capacity probably a lot more so yeah. than you thought that you know you were going to so but luckily I had a team a wonderful team on in fact my my favorite absolute um, compliment from the shoot we shot for four days but my favorite compliment was wow what a team Wow, everyone is just so kind and so talented and so creative and collaborate so wonderfully together. I mean, that was, to me, probably the best reward. I mean, getting the film will be pretty rewarding as well. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, just having so many wonderful people working oh, together. That's the best. That's mm -hmm. the goal. I think um, as I talked to everyone and also worked on a great set, it's like, that's what I want. Like, Yes. Because the end product will most likely be amazing, but even if it's not, like, 
your greatest thing yet, you can mm-hmm. know that you have a team now that will follow you. Like you, oh, sure. you don't lose that. Everyone's going to want to continue to work on your next and, and cause they know what, you know, with bigger budgets and more time, it's only going to yep. get better for you. So mm-hmm. that's, that's something too. I think that like people I think overlook <laughs> yes. is that there's such great there. It's even more valuable than they think. Yes. So, and I'm so excited in the future. I have all these people that I'm just absolutely excited about. I didn't know I could be excited about a script supervisor, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know, get it. An incredible person. That's it's amazing. like, wow, you are teaching me so much. Like, this is incredible. Let's, let's do this again, you know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. What, you know, so many of our guests on here say, find your tribe. And like, yes, that mean that can mean so many things, you know, but like, yeah, it's like once you find those people that you work well with and you trust, like, that's huge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd also love to share because we were talking about um, acting and directing. Mm-hmm. I kind Please. of took a, a different approach for uh, for Good Girls because I um, my character was definitely on screen much more than previous projects where I was directing or co-directing, mm-hmm. um, and I just wanted to share the approach I took because it actually worked out incredibly well. Mostly because I had two incredible people working with me. Yeah. Um, but I brought on uh, a good friend of mine who is, they act, they, they're an incredible writer. They're actually in one of my writer's groups. Um, they've also directed uh, short films, a couple of which have gotten into some cool festivals. And so I knew, okay, well, they know, maybe even edited and taught themselves how to color. So they have an idea technically of a whole project. Yeah. Um, and they were also great friends. They just officiated uh, my wedding. Oh, actually. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, wonderful human being, but they agreed to come on. Um, and I knew I wanted to um, direct this one because I had a very clear vision, like shot to shot. I can see the whole movie mm-hmm, right. for the first time, but they were incredible. And they came over and worked with me and learned my shot list and learned um, what I was going for. And of course came up with their ideas and things like that. But they came on to sort of be the person that people could communicate with on set since they had that experience and um, I guess the, 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 able, the ability to communicate with, you know, lighting and sound yeah. and whatever. Um, so they were on to look at my shots and my husband, actually, um, we're big sharers. So he's been, he's known about these characters since the moment they were conceived mm-hmm. years, years ago. Um, <laughs> so he was kind of like, I guess the acting coach, acting supervisor, because he's been doing my self tapes for years as well. And now we've had a couple friends start wanting to come and self tape with him as well. Cause he's just become wonderful um, with giving feedback for acting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he came on, we went through the whole script, a number of different fun little dates where he wanted to get behind the characters and asking me questions that I would never have thought of. Um, and so he really understood who the characters were in every scene in every moment. And um, I mean, very quickly, the other two leads, they, they wonderfully started working with him and trusting him. And it was so cute seeing like, you know, someone would call cut depending if it was me or the other person. And my husband would run up and he knew how to talk quietly to the actor. Oh, we love that. that. Great. Yeah. You know, it was so sweet seeing that uh, happen That's and then work together. Yeah. So I had the two of them, uh, looking at the monitor when I was on 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 screen, I guess I should say. Right. Yeah. And that both of them were able to communicate and make decisions. I trusted both of them. Hey, when I'm not, 
you know, available to make a decision or it's not that important to pull me out of a scene, you guys go ahead. I trust you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was kind of our fun. No, that's so, thank you for sharing that because yeah. like, that's kind of what I think our goal is like being, um, the director, I'm the director and to like, um, also be one of the leads. It's mm-hmm. like, I want to, I love that I'm working with Tessa because she's an amazing Aww. actress. I can always like boast. I can't boast about her enough. Um, my <laughs> one take Tessa. God bless. <laughs> thank you, um, thank you. We love one take. We love one take, Tessa. Um, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a journey. Um, no, I, I and 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 basically, I would love to put my trust in in my team when I'm I'm really working on an intense shot that we really only need one take that they yep. know we got it so we can you know move forward. Yep. And I think yep. because again, we we need. I'm the kind of person I don't like to, I, if times allows it for us to do like multiple runs, amazing, but I'm a, I'm a fast paced individual. So, so I want my team to, I want to have great team and it's nice to know that like for you, um, yeah, finding those right people. I know we're, we're in talks. We have an amazing like DP that I feel like I could trust in the, how it looks like he's got incredible vision. Um, so I think that all like, helps give it's helpful for me to hear because we've had so many people on our podcast where you know different experiences share stuff but I do think it's possible to just you can do it all with the right support that's all you need absolutely you just need the right support because I've I've directed Tessa before um like all of our things (laughs) we were always just like and it's and she's amazing and easy to work with and and like just rolls with it like I do we just roll with it and that's why I'm like I know we're gonna have a great time it's gonna be a Mm -hmm. shit show of a fun time (laughs) well every every set is a shit show let's be honest oh my god (laughs) but like well and it's like uh it's horror thriller we're gonna get messy we're gonna get real into it I'm so excited oh so fun (laughs) yeah yeah, but I just like yeah. I'm already envisioning those moments where we get to like really play, and I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, right. Well, also when you're acting and directing, if you really trust your, you know, like your DP or your co-director or your whoever, yeah. um, it gives you freedom to then be able to stop, put director director hat away for a moment, mm-hmm. and then really just drop into it because that was a big fear of mine too. I really right. and I told my husband I was like which was also great. I could be like, Hey, look out for this. Don't let me do this. Don't let me get away with this in the scene. Cool. Yeah. cool. Now I don't have to worry about it because mm-hmm. he'll call me out. If you know, this concern of mine starts showing up, uh, on, in my performance, but also I really didn't want to pull director hat over to actor body. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, I, I, yeah. you know, I've seen when you see an actor acting and they're thinking about the shot. So I wanted to make sure that that was avoided as much as possible right. anyway. Yeah. You know? No, that totally makes sense. Hey, Fem fam, have you heard us raving about Jambox yet? Because let me tell you, it's such an amazing tool for filmmakers, podcasters, advertisers, and anyone who needs music for their projects. Jambox.io is so versatile. They've got songs and sound effects organized by artists, genre, mood, and tags. And they're actually affordable. For as little as $9.99 a month for independent creators, $6 a month for students, or $19.99 a song, you can choose whether a subscription-based membership or a la carte pricing works better for you, and they're flexible. 
for individual creators to commercial to advertising to theatrical release, they've got you covered. Plus, they're constantly growing and evolving. With new songs and playlists all the time and customer service on point, they really do have everything you need. We've been working with them for a while now and couldn't be happier. That's why we have a special coupon code for our listeners. For 10% off your purchase, make sure you enter code FEM10 at checkout. That's FEM, F-E-M-M-E, 10 at jambox.io, where they connect creators with ridiculously good music and sound effects. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about um, Sundance Collab Lab, because I saw that you yes. were involved with that. So was that for this film or separate or? Oh, that has been my heartache. <laughs> I was so excited to uh, start taking classes with them because, um, as I mentioned, in college, I learned feature writing mm-hmm. and every single film I watch to this day, I'm such a dweeb and I have a timer on and I'm like finding each beat. Oh, that was oh, very interesting. That's smart to do, oh, actually, to like see oh, it that way. Yeah. Oh, I, it's amazing. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Yeah. I, I know feature structure now inside and out back of my hand. My husband wow. ha- knows it. My goodness. Because <laughs> yeah. he can't help it. Um, but with Sundance Collab, I'd had this concept that I thought was a feature. Then I thought it was a trilogy. Then I realized, oh, dang it, it's a TV show. Mm. Um, and in Sundance Collab, we did this, the first introductory class where it pulled an outline out of us. Um, so I came up with this outline, finally, of this concept I'd been sitting on that uh, I came up with my sister and my best friend when we were teenagers. And so it's been brewing for a while. And I came up with this outline, and I'm so excited about it. But then... <laughs> the baby of good girls was born and I've been having that on the back burner, this outline that's been burning. Um, and so now that we're in post and things have settled down a bit, I've finally been able to start working on, uh, writing that pilot as well. Very cool. Yeah. And how, um, because, you know, different formats are so different, like a feature even versus a short, you know, they're both films, but Mm -hmm. obviously like the beats and the progression of everything is different. So how different has it been for you to go then from like knowing feature format for sure, having worked Mm -hmm. in short format and then going to like series episodic kind of format? Yeah. 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 I mean, I found this incredible book that was recommended to me, um, Story Maps by Dan Calvisi. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. I'm going to look it up. It's great. It's a very short, quick read too. So I'm definitely... Yeah. yeah, and also I emailed him because he left his email in there, and I thanked him for how uh, you know world opening it was for me. His book, <laughs> yeah. and he responded, "Sweet man." Um, yeah, no, it, it's a, an incredible book for structure for TV. Um, I of course was looking at the one-hour drama mm-hmm. book, um, but that's kind of been my touchstone. Now that I have this outline that I built using his book, and also working with my um, mentor in the Sundance Lab. Uh, class now I'm just trying to write it and then once I just spit it all out then I'll take it back to his book and start (laughs) readjusting things to make sure the structure is appropriate but um, yeah yeah it's a different beast but I what I love the most about it is I um, I tend to write ensembles so you just have so much more space to world build and to get into characters and relationship um, than in a film where it's so plot driven and you know beat 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 and you have to push through to the end right. so so yeah. when you say ensemble you like mean the the back kind of story and like the journey of 
each kind of moment to moment. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar I, with the term in that way. So. Oh, yeah. I just mean there's so many characters. Okay, um, yeah, I, yeah, the ensemble of the cast. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes. There's a couple main characters for sure. Um, but, you know, there's probably about 15, 18 characters that, you know, really have some pieces right. in the pipe itself. So it's just a lot to juggle. Um, and in a feature, you know, you, you, you only have so much time. Right. No, yeah. that makes sense. Because when I'm watching a series, I'm like, how that like, I'm always blown away. Uh, we haven't written for an episodic yet. Uh, we have mm-hmm. one film that we've journeyed from a short to a feature to maybe a sonic now back to a Ooh. feature. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, that like it. And I was just like, Oh my God, I can't even, I want to get really good at uh, feature length story structures, I think. Um, yeah. But it's just, yeah, the, with, I'm always amazed by how they can really lengthen um, these, these series to like a million episodes. And, yeah. and I think it comes, yeah, I'm always like, we get to follow along more other characters and, and does that like, I guess what, how, how have you been able to, I guess, stay on the main like story with such a large ensemble? Cause you said 15 other, like, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it, it is a lot, it, but you know, I think I'm giving myself permission to like, Hey, this person needs to be introduced because they're going to be very important throughout the series, mm-hmm. but I don't have to make a whole piece with them because I know maybe episode four can be focused more on them. So my mm-hmm. structure idea is that yes, we're always going to be following the protagonist, but someone else is going to be highlighted in each episode. That way we can kind of learn about each of these different characters because I'm just fascinated, you know, writing and acting wise um, with just how people operate and why people do what they do and why good people supposedly do what they do or how bad people, like why they operate the way that they do. Um, So really having the opportunity to first make an impression first hopefully get some sort of judgment coming from the audience and then try to turn that on its head and open your mind to realizing that you know you just don't know what's going on behind everyone's uh first impression i love that that's really that's a really smart way of doing it too i see why you would take the time then to introduce everyone in that way that's yeah yeah like we all then we're always we're always judging each other in life anyways when we first meet <laughs> mm-hmm. anyone and you can't help it. That's just yeah. the human yeah. mind. So it that's it must be a really cool way to do so on screen and like have everyone's judgment be tested. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. The, it's very humbling, I think, when you you find yourself judging somebody in real life. And you know you're doing it, and you're like, "Stop! That's you don't need you don't know that." Yeah. And then you learn that you were also very wrong in some way. You know, it's like, "Oh, see, there you go. That's what you get for being judgmental." Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I I love that concept, um, and I think it, empathy is is a, it, in my personal experience a tricky thing because I've I've over I think sometimes empathized with people. um and and not judged enough but then it's like (laughs) that weird well I don't know I can we can go on a whole different (laughs) like episode on that um so I love that you're you're questioning like all all that around 
So have you written the full series on that? Or I'm sorry, you might have already stated that you just uh, got the, the pilot on that done. Yeah, we are on page 21 right now. Nice. So <laughs> nice. I've yeah. discovered that it's like, okay, you know, work on post-production, work on this piece, work on that piece, work on my actual day job, work on, you know, all the stuff we got to right. do. But right. then my break has been finally getting to sit down and work on the outline. And it's delightful that that's been what feels like a treat. Yeah. Um, but I think I also did have to talk to a number of filmmaker friends to get permission to write it because... I think um, a big thing I've learned from this whole experience with Good Girls is, and I get the sense you both have a great understanding of this, is like learning to trust your gut, which sounds so simple and we hear that so much, I know. But, you know, I look back on so many different situations where it's like, I had a feeling that this would happen or this would be a better right. choice and I didn't speak up and look what happened. And um, mm. an example of that could be the situation I brought up with how I had my husband and my good friend. I mean, that's really weird when I'm bringing someone on for perhaps a discounted rate who's very experienced. And I have to be like, ah, oh, this is my husband uh, <laughs> is not really in, you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. It's definitely got some eyebrow raises, but it's like, no, like, trust me, this is going to work wonderfully. Yeah. This is the best opportunity that we have to, you know, have someone looking out for, the work when I'm acting or whatever it may be. Right. And I bring that up because I felt so much pressure, even though I was dying, am dying to continue writing this pilot that I've been waiting to. Part of me felt like, well, you directed Good Girls Get Fed. And once that gets finished, people are going to be looking for the feature version, which absolutely it is. It's barely hanging on to a short. So it's definitely has the material to be a feature. Yeah. And I'm excited to write that feature and develop it. But at the end of the day, my heart right now is in this pilot and I'm dying to write it. But it was like, well, I don't know, maybe I should focus on the feature because that would make more, uh, you know, mm -hmm. make more sense for post festivals and all of this. Yeah. But 100 percent of the writers and filmmakers that I talked to said, look, you just have to work on what your heart is asking you to work on. Yeah, because, you know that's what's going to write itself the quickest mm -hmm. and then you'll be done and then you can move on to the future and you'll have to so. exactly <laughs> trust right. yourself yeah because what's you know what it's filmmaking is so all-encompassing like you literally yeah. are like every day thinking about whatever project you're currently working on so you it's got to be something that your heart is really in you know and if that means mm -hmm. like right now it's this project and then when that's done it'll be this project go with it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be and miserable I, working on this same project every day. Like. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I find that sometimes it helps your original project writing process more to mm. take a break, write something else, come back to it. Um, because some, cause sometimes I'm worried like, Oh, the fire is going to like just blow out and burn. But also, yeah. like, if you are burning for something else that's just in you, you have to, you have to write it, Kelly. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. you have to, you have to just do it. And I yeah. think it'll, you've already have a structure for the other story. Like, you, you have, you know, the theme, like, you, it's in you already. So, yeah. yeah, then you'll, you'll come back and it'll be maybe even quicker to write. You know, that's what I I'm saying. I think so. I think yeah. that's. No, you're totally right. Because now, now that you say that, it's like, huh. I guess I have spent three and a half years with these wonderful characters, but maybe it's time to just give it a little break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I'm um, you know, back to Turka, that, that 
script that I was talking about that we've changed yeah. formats. Like I'm excited now that I've experienced writing a full feature to revisit that and be like, all right, we can, I know now the weight of a feature, how that can work. I, I can maybe finally finish this ending that was killing me <laughs> like two years ago and like also though may maybe we do then surprisingly turn it into an episodic you never know then those opportunities <laughs> um and something else I wanted to just say about your husband which is so cool it's like all like acting school acting classes film like that process is just sitting and observing people for like when you're in acting class you, you go on for maybe like you know however 15 20 minutes of work yeah. but the other two and a half hours of that class because they're always really long yep. like acting school you're just you're just sitting there watching and lick, looking at the feedback and stuff so if he's done hours of work he's gotten an education in that like you know yeah. like to some degree so I yeah. think that's really cool I think a really skilled person is being able to observe and and know like you said the re ask the right questions back to an mm -hmm. actor and that's something I feel like I've given me confidence in the directing roles. Like I've done this so much. Like I, I helped my roommate the other night with a directing. She's like, Oh my God, you're so good. And I'm like, oh. I'm just so used to like, which is like really nice to hear. Cause I, yeah. again, I really only like direct Tessa <laughs> when we get to finally do it. And it's like, yeah, I've, I've sat here. I've done the work. I've been here and I know like what to, ask to pull things out of people or get them focused on the right things to enhance yeah. their performance. So that's, that's like really cool. Um, I, I just wanted to credit him in that way. Cause I get yeah. it. That's probably really intimidating for sure to like bring on. Um, oh, it was so works. sweet. Yeah. When we first started dating, it was like, um, Hey, would you mind helping me? I have this, it's called a self tape. <laughs> oh, no problem. And we get, you know, in the situation and I hand him the script and it's like, Oh, oh, I, I read with, with you. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's learned. He's... Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I think whatever partners we end up in life is just like, yep, they get roped into our madness. So... Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, it's our life. We got to juggle, like you said, so many things. And I think a supportive partner in that case will, will just have to learn how to read lines in the very east like you don't even have to act honey just yeah. just say it back but they always want to act that's the funny yes, they thing do. they always like <laughs> want to, you're like okay <laughs> that's fair that's fair <laughs> now we turn it down a little bit there you go there we go there we go that's the right <laughs> yeah um well i i want to back up just a little bit or revisit um sundance collab because we had um, a guest on our show, my gosh, so many seasons ago now. That was like at least a year ago. Um, but she yeah. had talked about Sundance Collab and what they have to offer. So for our listeners that maybe weren't listening back then, um, I'd love for them to hear from someone who has been in the, in the lab, um, yeah. kind of what it had to offer you and what you got out of it. Yeah, um, the Sundance Collab group, I mean, they offer a bunch of different classes. And the first one was really interesting because it was pre-recorded tapes, but we had an incredibly talented, um, what would you call her? Like our, I guess, our assistant teacher, okay. sort of. Mm -hmm. um, so she would hold uh, weekly, like, um, live Zooms, and we could ask any questions and open up discussion. We also had a Discord channel. Okay. Um, I think there was, I want to say there was like 40 of us. So it was not only great to learn from the classes, um, which were very instructional and educational, 
uh, educational, not instructional. There we go. <laughs> yeah. But um, also getting to connect with so many different writers and ask questions and uh-huh. um, try to figure things out together. And there was so much resource sharing. And actually, one of it was my first writers group, and I'm still I'm still in it now. Um, there's six of us left, and we meet every week and we go through. And one is in Brazil, and one is in Italy. Oh two God. are in New York. Two are in LA. And um, just getting to connect with other writers was a huge win on my end. And um, my, I guess our assistant teacher, who was really the only person we were really interacting with, she was incredibly helpful and offered a lot of perspective that wasn't just like textbook sort of information, Mm -hmm. but she, um, she's a woman of color. And so she was sharing different um, experiences that she's had, which were very encouraging, like how you know, yes, you do want to take in people's feedback, but in a very, um, like, consider lots of people's feedback and don't just take one person's opinion to mean something. She had lots of people telling her an idea didn't work. And then she realized, oh, look at the demographic of where those notes are coming from. And she ended up making the short film that went on to win awards. Um, But, you know, just considering your demographic or I digress this very specific story, but it just was great to speak with somebody who, so established and talented and experienced um and i i know some of us went on to take the next class which i put that on pause just because good girls started to become my everything yeah Um, right but i did hear about the next class which was a little bit less um about watching the pre-recorded videos but it was taking that outline and developing it then into um, a first draft mm-hmm. and it was I believe they were broken up into small groups is what I hear and then um, you would be with that group the entirety of the course and you would read each other's work and you would also have private meetings with your instructor um, and I know one of the people who I know who took it he's the, her instructor has been mentoring her for months after so um, all in all great information but even more so a great sense of community and a lot of people to bounce ideas off of, which has been invaluable. Yeah. I love that. Those are my favorite classes where it's like you build an actual community that carries over, you know, it's not just like, Mm -hmm. I like working with these people in class. It's like, Oh, these are now like people that I'm going to hire or want to work for. Yeah. 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 I think that's great to hear. I've, I've been interested in the past to take up one of their courses. I just, again, timelines haven't worked out yet for me. Um, but it's nice to hear that it's not like, okay, I paid for this thing. I played videos. The community is like, eh, like, you know, we're not like really uh, like connecting, especially Mm -hmm. virtually. I think it's a hit or miss. It either really works and you feel super connected with everyone and like really know each other or it's just like you're a, you know, blip in the, the Zoom calls. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I also appreciated that um, the, I, I keep calling her the assistant teacher, but that's totally not the <laughs> correct term. Our TA? Yes, our TA. Yeah. There we go. I guess that is teacher's assistant. Well, <laughs> yeah. here, here we are. Um, but she, <laughs> she's also very um, in touch with the current climate as far as, mm. Like, cause I was learning in a five act structure and that's what I was writing for. And then she took the time to explain to us, she was really recommending a, writing in a three act structure, but explaining how it's loosening up because unless you're writing for studio, when you need those four commercial slots, mm-hmm. you don't need to have these big cliffhangers necessarily throughout the 
the episode quite the way you would if you needed to pull someone through four commercial breaks. Yeah. Um, oh. So just, you know, information like that, where it's not just like, write it this way. It's like, write it this way, because in this current climate, X, Y, Z. Um, so that was also very helpful. And yeah, no, no that so makes so. sense. I didn't, I never really thought about that because yeah, you know, it used to be before streaming and stuff, there were commercials and everything. And now, mm-hmm. you know, you have shows that are not built to have that commercial break. And yeah. it's funny when you watch like a show that had, that was built with commercial breaks built in, but it's yeah. like, you know, you're watching like it on the DVD collection or whatever. And like, of course, you know, when a commercial breaks there, because it's like, that would be the pause. Like there's a cut and it's <laughs> obvious, but I never thought about like how it's, yeah. Like the, the, action or whatever is building up to that cut and so yep. it's an even more dramatic cut yeah yeah yeah, yeah i've not thought about that that is actually really cool <laughs> yeah isn't that a good nugget yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and also i mean like look at so many um i, I say hour loosely but hour-long uh series is where each episode it could be 45 minutes for an episode mm-hmm. or it could be an hour 20 like you know yeah. some of them really fluctuate so yeah Things are becoming, I think, less and less structured in a in a way. Yeah, yeah. That and that's in that's just like I feel like an ever evolving thing. So to have someone in your pocket being like guiding you is so mm-hmm. like I think helpful. Because um, yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of it like that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now you know. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've also, um, with the group, we've had different times when I think it was after New Year's when we're all, I mean, everyone's just exhausted. Everyone has no time. Yeah. No one had pages ready to go. Mm-hmm. But um, I was asked for a one pager and I had this moment of, oh my God, what is a one pager? Google had very little concrete <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, information for me. So I was able to bring it to the writers group. And surprisingly, even though a lot of people have various levels of experience in the business side of things no one had a solid answer and so you know together we spent a round actually where every week each person did their own one pager and we talked about that for the whole hour wow Um, so you know trying to figure out what some of these terms are and noticing how um like the writer who's in italy she was asked for like a five-page document that's what she was asked for Hmm. a five-page what yeah oh just a (laughs) five-page document oh Okay, is that a like what is that? A you know, script, I, a proposal, or what is yeah. exactly a one pager that is five pages or like <laughs> yeah. you know what is this? Wow. Um, so that's been another really important piece, I think, of talking to other writers um, is yeah. being able to be like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, none of us know, and there's no information anywhere. Great, we'll work it out together and figure out the best thing we can come up with. But yeah, and I think that's important. Is like you know you want to sound professional, you want to understand like you know all these terms and you don't want to seem green. But when somebody throws something at you that you're like, I genuinely don't know what that means. And it's not an easy Google search. Like, yeah, it's important to have that community. It can be like, oh, okay, I've heard this term like once before and this is what they were asking for. But yeah. (laughs) And that validation when the whole rest of the group is like, yeah, I don't know either. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're all out here acting like we totally know these terms. Yeah. And even some terms that are, you know, established terms doesn't necessarily mean that they're exactly always the same, you know, like, for instance, you know, we just compiled a proposal for our feature and it's like, 
well, the, there are certain things that you have to make sure make it into a proposal. But then there's also sure. certain things that like would probably make it look better, but aren't absolutely necessary. And these are yep. like even a bonus. And like this is a mm-hmm. really cool thing to put in there that most don't have. It. And like it's everything, you know, everything's a yeah. little different. So, yeah. <laughs> and now you're making uh not exactly PowerPoints, but you're putting together presentations when you signed up to be a filmmaker, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> all I do every day. <laughs> like, pitch decks on pitch decks. Yep. The pitch deck master. <laughs> Canva's my best friend. Yes, it is. It's amazing. I love Canva. Shout out. I want them to sponsor us. <laughs> Canva, Canva. Canva. <laughs> harmony girl, little harmony for our ensemble <laughs> girl. Yes. yes. Well, oh. to wrap up this episode, do you have any plans for Good Girls Get Fed yet? As far as like what you're hoping for, like distribution, festivals, any of that? Yeah, um, great question. I, I think once we wrap up um, post, mm-hmm. then it'll definitely be. I, I mean, I've heard. And myself, I have done this as well, where it's just like, we're going to send it to festivals. Yeah. Okay, what does that mean? Yeah. But my hope is to sit down with um, a couple of my producers, make a targeted plan, because yeah, I would love to, you know, submit to all the best festivals, but to be realistic and to look at what the content is and right. to look at what's appropriate and find, you know, some higher, some lower level festivals, some in between. Um, I know we've had talks of hiring a a festival doctor is that what it's called a film festival yeah like someone that will help you make that plan and figure out the best ones to submit to and yeah yeah. exactly has a great pulse on um the different festivals and what they're looking for and stuff like that um so that may be on the table we'll see um we'll see once we see what the final budget looks like but uh just making a plan for the festival circuit doing that for about a year and um from then using the short film to i mean it depends either it'll be you know helping it be a proof of concept as far as my style Mm -hmm. for this pilot script or hopefully at that point we'll have the the feature version script of good girls get fed um because i know it definitely as one of my producers says could be a franchise so yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Mm-hmm. amazing well thank you kelly this has been an awesome episode it's, you've given us a lot of insight um and let our listeners know where they can find you maybe any of your previous work how they can follow you social media all of that yeah um i i, I mean i guess instagram would be the easiest one it's it's just my name kelly lou dennis <laughs> <laughs> um and i have a website as well same thing kelly but Thank you both so much for having me on. It's so inspiring to see what you're doing, um, lifting up female filmmakers and giving us voices and sharing with, you know, your audience. I I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We love love hearing that. (laughs) We love love hearing that. Did we pop your podcast cherry or did we pop your podcast cherry? (laughs) Oh, it has been popped. It's done. We did it, it. And it was great. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at FemRegard.com.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.